trending news right now. So we look at what's happened in the world of social media in the last 24 hours on this thriving Thursday, joined by Adekunle Olabi, who is a journalist, academic researcher and uh, social commentator. How are you today, Ade? Hi, uh, morning, Asanda. I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. Hoping the week has been good to you. And uh, I don't know if you were running the past weekend. I think you told me you'd be running. Yes, I was. And they've been, I've been doing a lot of traveling again. I only also returned to the Delta again yesterday. I realized there's more stories to cover this side. So I returned actually um, in the morning. I traveled through the night and I got here in the morning uh, to do some uh, reporting work in the Delta. Okay. So let's talk uh, today, starting with hashtag Lesotho. The 11th Amendment to the Constitution Bill there in 2022 and the National Assembly Electoral Amendment Act, they were passed last Wednesday. And uh, let's talk about that. It, it's, this is uh, another issue that has been bringing a lot of concern to everyone. I think most African countries, I think particularly the SADC region. And I remember also doing a story on this um, issue when it came up um, last month as well. I mean, the landlocked uh, country has been, I mean, it's been plagued with a lot of issues, mm. uh, but most importantly, political instability over the time. And I mean, we've seen two prime ministers in the past uh, five years and, and, and been in power since, since 2017 and been driven by divisions. And you would expect a country so small like Lesotho would not have complications, would be would find it really easy to actually elect leadership to be able to structure our plans and policies to grow the country. But here we are, there has been issues and and I think this law that is being pushed, and I didn't think the law was going to be pushed in the in the first place. But there's been a lot of questions around the conditions at which this was actually passed on. And it was done during the time where we had um state of emergency being declared in the country, which mm. is not usually ideal. And now we're looking for the elections and now see what is the outcome of the elections going to be? Is this really going to be a fair election and where people actually ham wrestle to actually um, pass this law and vote for it in the, in the first place? And that has been questions that everyone has been asking and just trying to understand the, the logic and the reason and the purpose that we're actually trying to achieve for, for Lesotho. And main challenges to that is a media activist uh, who came forward, Kananelo, uh, as well as the Lesotho's Law Society, they're challenging these laws and 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 and, and uh, uh, on a constitutionality basis. So, what is the Prime Minister currently, Moikezi Majoro, saying or hoping will happen here? I think one of the things that he's trying to um, achieve here is that, and he's been saying that. He is trying to stop the politicization of the of the party of the of the uh, politicians of the um, in the country, and and it's just been like the, we've been seeing one side of the tribe of the political uh, political party ruling in the country, and it's also believed that when this is actually this bill is being passed, it will help the country in terms of the continuation of the unchecked politicization of this uh, public service that has been seen in the country. 
and I mean, some didn't agree with it, and mm. it's just the condition and the and the manner and the nature at which this law was being passed. I think that is what is bringing the question into them. I mean, we declared state of emergency in the country, and you're now asking for the constitution to be amended. I, I mean, it doesn't sound so right, and it's just really uh, confusing, and it sounds really well. It is really unconstitutional, as I mean, the law society is now being pushed in the in, in the in the media and trying to get the international community to to look into this. And most importantly, South Africa, being the big brother of Lesotho, to actually intervene and see how this can be saved. Well, and what can our SA president do? I mean, because he is SADC facilitator in the Lesotho political situation. Uh, pre- previously, he had pressed on for the need for key reforms at uh, the last Heads of State Summit. That was in mid-August. So what can he do now, our President Ramaphosa? There is there is quite a, a lot of things that the, the, the President can do, the President of South Africa can do. And, and knowing that Lesotho looks up to South Africa as a country, and it's really important that whatever issues that happens in Lesotho, and would definitely have an impact in South Africa as well, be it economic and economic um, or political instability. So it is really important that the, the South Africa needs to actually um, not, they need to be hands on. And I think the president um, can interfere, can actually get to negotiate and also um, make them to understand the need for unity in, in Lesotho, because that is one of the issues that they actually have in Lesotho right now. We have got a, a disunited front that is being portrayed, we've seen in politics and also in, in the parliament in Lesotho. I think it has to do with negotiations and also communication and also engagement and with 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 the with the stakeholders i think we start from that and uh, the president i believe is a good negotiator and he's familiar with the political um, sta- uh, state in 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 lesotho as well with his experience he can actually do it and it and i mean mm. looking at the, the the situation there we we counting on south africa to actually intervene now to see how it can actually be saved the king let's see the third what role can he play in this situation he can actually do his well. This conversation would not go anywhere without his consent, without his approval as well. Mm. And there's also a need for the king to also take a backseat as well and to be less involved in the political uh, affairs in the country, which is really not so pleasant, not so easy. But it is it is for the interest of the people of Lesotho, then we may need to have that conversation and try to see how we can actually um, encourage the king to to move back a little bit and let us really uh, use the constitution in ruling in running the country. All right, let's come back home then. Uh, talking the Patco strike, the Public Utility Transport Corporation bus drivers they've embarked on an unprotected strike. They are accusing the company of uh, threatening and provoking uh, workers. Yes, that has been an, an awful uh, sight with, uh, with um, shot being fired and also we've seen um, fire tires being burnt as well. And it's just something that is really um, not, uh, we've seen that this is what happens when the strike been happening. And also, uh, I mean, looking at what they're asking for, 6% wage increase and also um, 
with a bonus that they're demanding. I remember 2020 was a time where we had COVID and and this is something that a lot of employers are really battling with in terms of trying to keep the business afloat. And, and I think the drivers asking for an increase, of course, the economy in the, in the country, inflation, we've seen the rising cost of living. We've also seen protests that has been um, staged in the country um, re- I mean, protesting about the, the, the living cost as well. Mm-hmm. So I do understand from the driver's point of view and also from the employer's point of view as well, it is really important that both parties are able to understand that we don't have enough money and we can work something out. We might reduce the percentage and they're open to have dialogue as they've mentioned to them and they're also calling for them to, uh, to call off the protest. But I think from according to report that I've seen, that there will be another protest today, the continuation of it today. And we're not entirely sure if it's going to be a more uh, peaceful one without uh, tires being burnt, but um, we can only hope it's uh, it will be a more uh, uh, productive uh, protest that will end up with the strike being called off. So PADCO has issued letters of dismissal for those involved in the strike, and they have said they're going to forge ahead with those letters. Uh, I mean, it was an unprotected strike. What are the chances that that will continue, those letters of dismissal being given to some 1,000 bus drivers that were part of the strike? And that is quite a lot of drivers to to get uh, rid of. In, in it will not be easy for the company to to do that. And if it have to uh, involve the the labor union, and and I think they probably aware of this, and they would get involved and uh, and fight for for the workers that have been affected. And I think um, it's it's one of those tactics and approach that you will expect from from employers to to also try to see how they can push them back. And I think. They would. They're open to negotiations, and they could probably still look at how best to look into this. If the the the, the workers can probably leave these conversations to the union and get people to represent the interests of the workers, they might probably find a reach a compromise and see each party, both parties, are um, uh, being happy uh, at the end of the day. Because uh, I mean, a thousand workers is quite a lot yeah. of workers to to, to to dismiss. And then, of course, the ripple effects of that: those who are commuters and need to get to work and in all different places, schools and all of that, and the disaster it results in. ANC Joburg. Yeah. The ANC Joburg, let's talk about them. So they're refuting allegations of bribery, corruption that's leveled against uh, their councillors in the Joburg region. Uh, let's talk about these councillors in the city of Johannesburg. Um, it's it's quite an interesting uh, development that we've we were able to see uh, the speaker being being ousted and in, in a vote of no confidence and everyone can see the handwriting on the wall that the the, the city uh, mayor is next on the chopping block and and that is a concern uh, for every um, um, political party that are actually elected officers in the in in the city of Joburg and and if the thing is we need to look at the the current mayor right now now and and we need to look at our scorecard we need to look at how she has performed we need to look at the work yes anc would definitely would want to have city of johannesburg back into their party and of course there's still allegations right now mm. that um anc is trying to get back into uh, trying to get the seat back by lobbying um 
counselors and and trying to 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 do negotiations or conversations and they've refuted because they say we want proof that whoever is being paid should actually be is is criminal and to to for someone to actually is crime to have actually be able to pay someone to to lobby for votes in in that regards but dda knows that they are coming for the mayor it's just a matter of time so who was paid and how much was paid um, it, this number has been thrown allegedly. around the room, yeah. allegedly, and it, it's it's you know it's in politics. People say so many things, and out of out of uh, emotions, out of facts, and sometimes allegations, and could be hearsays. And and ANC has actually said whoever um, can can have proof, they can bring them forth. And we all know that. And I mean, one of the recent interviews from S on the SCPC News, uh, and they did say that. Look, what backdoor are you referring to when when the when they were being asked about it, and we were trying mm-hmm. to get back the the the, the power the, the seat, and and of course coalition, it's it's not one of it's one of the tactics that politicians use in trying to unseat an opposition, and I think the ANC would not stop in in, in anything they can do in getting the the, the city of mayor. All right. Well, the reports of vote buying and bribery and trying to oust the current. The mayor, Dr. Mpopaladze, and all of that. Uh, let's move on then to Tiger Brands. ANC has quite a lot on their plate. Tiger Brands now hashtag that. They've recalled baby powder products uh, because they contain talc, uh, and this talc has trace levels they've found of asbestos. It's 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 quite a another um, buzzing news in the social media and and quite people a lot of people are sort of confused what exactly which of the brands am I going to return and and this has actually put people in some sort of frenzy. I mean at a time um, in the morning we've seen the shares of Tiger Brand going down to about one fifty seven uh, rand eighty cent. This is by five point four percentage and. I mean, this is just um, one of it, and it we hope it will pick up maybe to in the morning when the market is open again. And what my question now that people are also asking is, um, they did mention that this testing are done in batches, and and mm-hmm. and now, but this batch when they did the testing, it was actually negative. And what has prompted them to do another retest? And and this is not a thing of being reactive. They did say that in, in, in their defense to let people understand that we're only doing this in good faith because we've d- tested that first. It came out uh, negative. And this time around, we it's, 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 it's not the, the case. So this sort of uh, panic, and, and I think it's the right thing to do to actually look after the consumers and people that are actually using this, knowing that this is even also a baby product and, and it's, it's causing a lot of panic and everyone is just asking questions. I follow the social media responses from them and trying to say, look, it is not this particular band. It's actually this 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 uh, specific uh, powder with, with talk in it. Interesting there because now there's already an effect in terms of the market, as you allude to. I mean, stock prices have contracted, even though the company has said that it was a precautionary measure, this. And that, I guess, is the challenge then in terms of uh, big companies on whether do they open up and be honest about what's happening uh, in terms of production? Uh, and uh, Or do they keep it uh, silent in, in fear of markets being adversely affected and, and keep quiet and keep it within until it's sorted? 
exactly it's, it's i mean and in the end it, it is business as usual and it's it's we have to also look at how to do some um I would say reputation uh, management here, and and I think the the CEO of uh, Tiger Brands actually did did um, justice to that, answering every important question regarding what people should know about what is happening. But I mean, in the on the other side of things, where people are still leave, left confused as to why are we only getting to see it now? Why was this not tested? twice or three times or many as many times as possible before actually going to production now this product has been manufactured is being released to the market and only now we actually getting I'm, I'm not entirely sure what version of test this was but they've tested it at first and they got a negative uh, response and this is just uh, a precautionary uh, measure they yeah, because this, production uh, has been suspended they hadn't even made a final decision on you know their findings that was to be made in the yeah. coming weeks but here we are seeing that uh, markets have already been affected and it's a tough one for companies because do you be open as i say and say what's going on uh, while still things are in production as the precaution or do you keep it within until it's done and and, and then you know for sure what's going on because we also are demanding as consumers right yes Yes, we are. We are. We, are. we deserve to, to deserve to know what is going on, and and also to be aware of uh, because we're the consumers, and this is something that is uh, it, it, it is really important to to be to be in the know and be considered as as well. Mm. Let's go overseas then. Hashtag Russia, the European Union. They proposed a price cap on Russian gas on Wednesday, after President Vladimir Putin threatened to cut off all energy supplies if it took such a step. And uh, of course, there are risks with this. Uh, well, it, this is still going to be ongoing, and and I do know that it's been conversation that has been going back and forth, and and Russia is trying so hard to to make sure that they get their share of what they deserve and they think the world is not being fair on them and i think the energy is one of the assets that they can use to bargain in this situation that they have of course other eu counterparts have also um, accused um, russia of uh, weaponizing energy and trying to use that um, to get back to everyone in in that region because they know how how much they're dependent on the energy that they get supplied from in Russia. Do you think and Russia is using energy supplies as weaponry? Do you agree with that? In, in my in, in my opinion, and it's 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 I don't think so because if they were using it, Russia would cut it off whether it's getting paid or not. So and 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 that could have actually been um, then we can consider that as being uh, weaponizing it because at the end of the day, Russia is trying to negotiate and they're using the, what they have to get uh, what they don't have. And it's, 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 it's just like a chess, if I'll put it that way. And, 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 and also knowing that the accusation um, going to Russia is, is just one of those uh, response in defense of the EU countries. And this war has been going on and they did say that there were policies that were actually put in place for Ukraine and, uh, and, and they're not being considered as well on Russia's side. Europe is heading deep into winter, though. Is that not also a strategic time for Russia to exercise its muscle? Or do you think it's uh, rather due to already rising tensions? 
I think um, Russia does know that um, there is winter is coming. And that is when there is, um, I mean, a huge uh, dependent on the gas and that they supply almost everyone in the region. And they do know that this is, they know they, they, they're desperate and they would have to look for alternative, which most of them do not have. Yes, um, I just think using the word weaponizing it, it might sound a bit too extreme and in the end um it goes back to negotiations it goes back to dialogue it goes back to um how do we resolve this because the conflict in the region ukraine and russia needs to end and there have been a lot of calls for that to actually end and um, russia is using this as a as an opportunity to actually uh, put their foot down in this conversation that they've actually not been hearing uh, from them for a long time and talking of conversations, the role of the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, uh, she's expected to unveil her plans today. Do you think uh, she could step into this uh, and shed uh, more light? I, th- I think I think she may. We would. We, a lot of expectations are actually coming uh, from our side. And uh, well, I it, it's it's quite. And the, the issue there in the, in the in the region is actually one of the most pressing uh, um, conversations that she's going to have, and we are actually expecting a different approach from her on how she will be able to address the the conflict between Ukraine and and, and Russia. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, and she would have a different approach and um and be able to see how this can 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 help that region. Okay. Well, it seems like most of us are in energy crises around the world. The UK also having their issues. We also having ours and uh, now Europe. But let's leave it on that note, then on an international note. And uh, we are glad that you could join us again. Ade, always appreciating catching up on what's happening on Twitter streets. Thank you so much. It's always good to be on the show. Thank you, Asanda, for having me. My pleasure. Adekunle Owalabi is a journalist, academic researcher and social commentator discussing our trending news on SAFM Sound Awake. 28 minutes past four.